0: A little over five years ago, my wife and I moved. We said goodbye to our suburban home and returned to her family farm in a much more rural environment than what we had known for all of our married lives. But every time I have moved, even just across town, there is one consistent impression that I get from the process. I'll tell you what it is coming up next.
1: Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley.
0: Welcome to The Inner Life. Thanks for joining us for this hour of on-air and online spiritual direction. I'm Patrick Conley, and I hope this hour is fruitful for you in taking the next few strides forward in your walk with the Lord. The one impression that I get every time I move is just how much stuff I have. When you're forced to go through everything that you have, throwing away some items, donating others, but boxing up the vast majority of it, you get a sense of the sum total of your worldly possessions. Way back in 1995, a book titled Material World, A Global Family Portrait was published. Do you remember this? 16 of the world's foremost photographers traveled to 30 nations around the globe to live for a week with families that were statistically average for that nation. And at the end of each visit, the photographer would take a photo portrait of the family members outside their home, surrounded by all of their possessions. As you may imagine, the resulting photographs were strikingly different, showing the disparity between the amounts of possessions owned by different people in different nations. It got me to thinking, though, what would our photograph, my wife's and mine, what what would that look like? And to be honest, I would not relish the task of moving all of our possessions out to the front lawn. When we take a moment to think about all we have been given, and as St. Paul reminds us, all we have is gift, some profound questions arise. Why do I have all this? For what purpose? And am I using all of these gifts well? These questions are worthy of some lengthy reflection. And of course, this applies not only, maybe even not least, not most, to our material possessions, but to our time, our natural talents, our spiritual gifts, and our very lives as well. Today on the show, we're focusing in on what it means to steward all of the good gifts that God has given us well. Joining us as our spiritual director is Father Chris Walsh. Father Chris is a pastor of St. Cecilia Church in Philadelphia. Welcome back to the show, Father. Thanks for giving us the gift of your time today.
1: Thank you so much, Patrick. And it's, of course, a difficult day here in Philadelphia as our Phillies lost in the uh, playoffs last night. But no, congratulations to the, good, to the good people of Arizona. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Well, look
0: forward to another exciting fall classic, but I'm sorry that the, your Phillies won't be part of it. So, yeah. That's right. And you're here with us today to focus in, focus in on using our good gifts well, stewarding, uh, stewarding all of our resources well. And maybe a place to start, Father, is... What's the relationship between being a disciple of the Lord and this whole
1: idea of stewardship? Well, you know, much like the Phillies uh, learned last night, um, you know, in, in the end, there's a judgment right? Uh, And in the end, the, 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 the Arizona team had won four games and Philadelphia had won three games, so therefore we don't get to go forward. And as Christians, we live our life in union with Jesus Christ, following Jesus, who is the way, but always mindful that at the end, we will be judged. And I think, Patrick, we often, especially folks who are listening to relevant radio, are thinking about the fact that we're going to be judged based on our actions, right? What sins did I choose? How did I treat people? But we don't think about it in terms of what kind of a steward was I, even though so many of the scriptures talk about it, right? That the idea that as a Christian, as a believer, as a follower of Christ, I can't build up treasure for myself here on earth while not building it up in the kingdom of heaven. And so what we do with our stuff, what we do with our money does have an impact because oftentimes, you know, what's the expression, right? Where, where is your treasure, right? That's where your heart is. Yeah. And so if our treasure is only in amassing stuff, and again, it doesn't have to be expensive stuff. You might, you might spend all your time and interest on building up a beanie bag collection, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, it's worth very little, but that was where your possessions were. That was where your prizes were, not in charity, not in righteousness, not in holiness, not in, in sacrifice.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a good point. And there's many things worthy of reflection just in what you've said already, Father. So we're, we're grateful for that. But uh, there is there is this sense, right, that um, I think maybe one of the first things we need to do is understand that uh, that our identity does not lie in stuff in having i think i've been reading a spiritual book uh, on spiritual formation recently that yeah the author would say yeah this is not something and it is a temptation that many of us fall into that having is what contributes to our identity but that doesn't seem to be what uh, the lord has the lord has instituted as reality
1: And, and this is where so many of our great spiritual masters folks like saint ignatius uh folks like saint benedict uh even in a sense saint francis They had the realization at some point in their life that there's a kingdom of the world and there's a kingdom of God. Hmm. And they're vastly different. And so, in the kingdom of the world, your worth is based on what kind of clothes do you drive? uh, What kind of car do you drive? What kind of clothing do you wear? What's your house look like? What are the restaurants you go to? How new is your iPhone? Right. That's where worth comes from. And sadly, we see this especially magnified in our young people. Right. Their worth is all around. What are their sneakers? What's their phone? What's their hairstyle? What are they doing on Friday nights? Right. And, mm-hmm. and, and that's the kingdom of the world where your worth is driven by material things. And certainly we all go through that at certain seasons of our life. But to be a mature Christian to be a biblical Christian is realizing that even if I am blessed with wealth, right, and there's nothing evil in having wealth, but is that where your treasure is, mm-hmm. right? And and is your wealth preventing you from virtue, from holiness, from goodness? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So this may be a rather rudimentary question, Father, but uh, if if our identity if our worth is not found in having the right things at the right season of life and uh, being able to do the things that we want to do live comfortably or better in this so where does our where's our worth where does our identity come from
1: great question patrick and i think it's something that we as disciples have to come back to just about every day I, i'm a child of god mm-hmm. that christ jesus died for me and he gave me new life and i want to follow his example and I want to depend on his grace because for eternity, I want to be known as his, his son, his brother. And, and, and so that's where my true identity comes, uh, which is why the church has to remain alive, which is why the church has to remain vital and relevant because we're often the only voice saying, this is your true identity. This is your lasting identity, that you're called to be a sister and brother to everyone else in humanity. And, yeah. and, and you're called to love them and serve them and care for them doesn't mean you need to fix all their problems. Right. But but you need to do something with your time, with your talents, with your treasure uh, to live as a sister and brother to another person
0: hmm. Yeah. Excellent points, Father. And I think the follow up question that I would have to that then is let's move that into the into the practical, the practical realm. And specifically, I mean, it's one thing to say we need to realize that our worth our identity comes as children of God. Right. And but there are practical steps that we can take uh, to further that realization. Uh, we can't force that on anybody else or even on ourselves, but there are practical steps that will help us move more deeply into that and to treasure that more. Any ideas on what some of those practical steps might be?
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be unique, Patrick, for each person because we're all starting in a different place. Sure. Uh, but but to, to really discover your identity as a child of God that your worth is found in living your faith. Um, you know, how does that usually happen? Well, maybe a retreat, <laughs> uh, maybe a regular life of prayer, right? Because because what happens if I'm going to commit, say, to uh, Eucharistic adoration on Wednesday nights at six o'clock, well, then I have to say no to something else on Wednesday nights at six o'clock.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, I, I might be saying no to an extra hour of work, because I've made this commitment, right? Um, and, and that's, it's the mindset has to shift oftentimes before the behavior. Um, sometimes it's reading the life of a saint who, who had a, comer- a conversion experience from materialism, um, f- from, from opulence and wealth. Uh, I, I've been talking a lot, you know, this year of the Eucharist, Philadelphia is blessed with, with two canonized saints, St. Saint Catherine Drexel and St. John Newman. Mm-hmm. And their lives are vastly different lives the one thing they both had in common was tremendous devotion to our Lord and blessed sacrament. Catherine Drexel came from a very wealthy family. Her father built the railroad, uh, the Pacific railroad. Um, She wanted for nothing in life. And so when she felt this call to religious life, she was excited by it. Uh, But then when she finally entered a novitiate with the Sisters of Mercy to prepare to found her own community and she experienced poverty for the first time, All of a sudden, she's writing letters to her spiritual director saying, yeah, this was a great idea. Not sure I want to do it. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yeah. um, And and so she had to go over the course of, of several years, a real conversion experience herself of realizing even though she really wasn't giving up her money because she was going to use it for her religious community, but she was going to spend it in a vastly different way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was going to be used in a vastly different way. And I think she's a great model for all of us. You know, she wasn't living a poverty like a Francis chose to live um, by any means, but she was surrendering the money in a different way. But more importantly, there was a conversion of heart.
0: And mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's at the root of it. And you already anticipated my follow-up question, which was going to be, okay, so we recognize our identity to be found in God. So how do we then, how do we come to regard rightly the material goods of life? Because it's a, it's a fact of life that we, we have possessions. And, um, for those few who have taken up the consecrated life or taken the evangelical counsel of poverty, that, that that may look one way, but for, for the majority of the rest of us, we have some material possessions that are that are good. So how do we come to rightly regard those? Now, it sounds like to me that you're saying that one, recognizing our identity in Christ, kind of leads into the other.
1: Yeah, and again, I th- I don't think we can set hard and fast rules because everyone's situation is so unique. Uh, sure. a, pre- a priest who is a good friend of mine and a very... Uh, righteous and holy man. Uh, he was a pastor at one of our large suburban parishes in a pretty wealthy part of our suburbs. And a gentleman came up to him or called the rectory and said, he bought a new car. Uh, could the priest bless him, bless the car? And he said, of course so the guy pulled up and he was in this like, uh, you know, high end BMW. And, and the pastor's saying, well, wow, it's a really beautiful car. He goes, well, yeah, father. He goes, you know, I was getting a new car and you gave that sermon a few weeks ago about simplicity of life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I decided to buy this car instead of the other one. He goes, wait, you heard me talk about simplicity of life and you bought this car? <laughs> and, the, and the guy looked at me and he goes, well, yeah. He goes, I, I used to always drive a Porsche.
0: Hmm.
1: And so here was this relative thing that this guy had bought a car that was probably forty or $50,000 less than the car that he was normally driving. And the pastor said it was just this eye opening experience that for, you know, a sacrifice for him is vastly different than a sacrifice for someone else, mm-hmm. right? Um, I had someone tell me recently that, you know, their family was really cutting back on their vacations, that they were only going to be going to Europe once this year. Mm-hmm. Well, well, most people would hear that and say, if you're cutting back, you know, go to the beach. Well, right. well, well this is a family that maybe went to Europe. Yeah. And a safari every year. I don't, I don't know what their circumstances were. So I think we have to be prudent. Like, where is someone? What is their current situation? Because conversion always happens gradually. Mm-hmm. Right. And so what does it look for most people? Okay. Well, you know, you have a house. Can you be content with your house and not given to that idea that you need to move to a bigger house? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, okay. You go out to dinner on Saturday nights as a family, beautiful. Um, you know, maybe once every six weeks, could you sacrifice the going out and, and, and make a meal that's donated to the, the, the food cupboard or something together, right? I think we each have to look at our circumstances. But again, mostly, what am I doing for others, Yeah, right? Because the reality is you could be materially poor. You could be living in public assistance housing. You could be receiving subsidy from the government and, and food stamps, but be very selfish, and you can be set on the, on the ways of the world. So don't look at your bank account. That's not where Christ is looking. But what are you doing with what you have? Mm-hmm. I sat next to a man one time when I was in Uganda, Patrick. Uh, he, he was a, a, a soldier who was on a bus with us while we were going on a safari in the midst of our mission trip. And uh, it was early in the morning and I was hungry because I'm pretty much always hungry. And I opened up a pack of those peanut butter crackers, you know, six crackers of peanut butter. Yep. And, and, I, and I grabbed them out of my, uh, of my backpack and I was eating them. And, and I caught his eyes and I said, oh, would you like one? And And he took one. And then he looked at the soldier who was sitting next to him and he broke it in half and gave that guy half the cracker. Wow. Hmm. I ate five. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow.
0: Well, great story. And, uh, just hits home, doesn't it? Uh, with our spiritual director, father, Chris Walsh today, we're talking about stewing our stewarding our resources of time, talent, and treasure with God and with, for the, for the benefit of others. And, if you have a story about how you have done that, how you have shared your time, your talent, your treasure with God and others, give us a call at our toll-free studio line, 888 That line is sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters. Again, it's eight 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 nine one four nine one four nine. Maybe you have a question about a situation that you're currently facing. You're wondering how to steward a gift well. 888 is our phone number, and our email address, if you'd prefer, is innerlife at relevantradio.com. Well, Father, you said, and I, I understand what you're saying, and saying there's no one size fits all kind of recommendation of this, what we need to do or what we need to strive for. But that said, I did mention here you mentioned sacrifice in, I think, all of those situations that you just mentioned. So would you say that sacrifice is a foundational part of stewardship?
1: I, I would. I, I think it's, you know, traditionally in the Catholic world, and, and I'm sure other uh, church worlds, we talk about stewardship, that God blesses us with time. Talent and treasure. Some people are blessed with all three. Some people have a combination of the three. Right? We all have time. I have 24 hours a day. I have seven days a week. I have 52 weeks a year. You know, some of that I, I have to use for sleep and 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 mm-hmm. and and personal care and work. And if uh, depending on my state of life, I have to use it for for time with my spouse and time with my children or caring for aging parents. And then I get down to, I don't know, five, seven, 10 hours a week, maybe 15 that I have at my disposal. And maybe I'm going to go golfing for two. Uh, and, and what am I going to do with the rest, mm-hmm. right? Am I going to, can I volunteer to teach prep? <laughs> can, can I sacrifice and, and visit with a neighbor once a week? Uh, what, what am I doing, mm-hmm. right? How, what's my, how is my time being used for others? My talent, right? Again, it's an offense to God if we say, oh I don't have any talents. no, you do, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's baking, maybe it's organizing, maybe it's cooking, maybe it's teaching, maybe it's computer skills, uh, maybe it's a language gift, whatever it is, prayer. All right so so how am I using my talents? Certainly you probably use a lot of them for 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 your career and 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 to serve your family. But what about for others? Are you placing your gift at the service of another? as a pastor, you know, uh, and, and be warned because your pastors are probably doing the same thing. When people start talking to me and they say, oh, I love website design or, oh, I love to teach or, oh, I love to organize stuff or, oh, I I love investing and, and oh, financial reporting. Well, I'm just hearing that and saying, okay, I need him here. I need her there. I need <laughs> right. Because, that, but, but again, we have to be willing to sacrifice our talents, mm. sacrifice our talents and find opportunities Right, not to go outside of ourselves. I think that's an important thing, and I think many parishes have clued into that. What discern your gift and then use that gift well. And then finally, it's the finances. Right. Um, Traditionally, there's that idea of ten percent of my income, and that goes back to the Bible. Ten percent of the crops, Um, and of course, we know from Cain and Abel, it, it should be the first percentage. So I don't, I don't do everything, and then if I've got some money left over, a portion of that goes to charity but it should be the first portion. And I am so impressed by so many families I know and individuals who, who that's it. I mean, it is, it is clear when you see their Sunday offering, you know, that's written a check written out for $75 and 42 cents. Boy, they took 10% of their paycheck, you know, Hmm. Um, you know, and so we have to be intentional. And again, it's a sacrifice, it's a sacrifice it's a fearful time in the economy and so giving my money away is is truly an act of trust to almighty god an act of faith that god i'm going to do this and i believe you're going to take care of me
0: yeah talking about stewarding our resources well whether that be time talent and or treasure if you have a testimony to give to encourage and inspire others please give us a call at 888 9149 if you have a question about how to steward Maybe some of your time, some of your talent, or some of your treasure well. We'll take those as well for our spiritual director, Father Chris Walsh, at 888-914-9149, or our email address is at relevantradio.com. We're going to take our first break, but we've got more to talk about, about stewarding our resources well in service of Almighty God and others when we come back right after this short break. Stay with us. Today, we'd like to thank Deborah, who is listening in California, for donating her 1986 Volkswagen Jetta. You can join thousands of other listeners in donating old vehicles, trucks, boats, and RVs by visiting relevantradio.com/car. That's relevantradio.com/car. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio, on RelevantRadio.com. And for those of you listening on the Relevant Radio app, welcome. It is still a very fantastic app, which Father Rocky actually talks a little bit about today. In the Eucharistic Encounter video that he is sharing this week, do you know that there are better and worse ways to receive Holy Communion? So what's the best way to receive Jesus in the Eucharist? Watch this, week, this week's Eucharistic Encounter video at RelevantRadio.com slash encounter as Father Rocky shares four requirements for receiving communion well. Again, that's relevantradio.com slash encounter. Talking today about stewarding our resources well, our time, our talent, our treasure. So if you have a way in which you are doing that, or if you have questions about how you might do it better, give us a call. Join the conversation with our spiritual director, Father Chris Walsh, pastor of St. Cecilia Church in Philadelphia. Our our toll-free number is 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Let's go to the phones, Father. We've got Rosemary calling in from Al- Albuquerque, New Mexico. Rosemary, good morning. Thanks for calling The Inner Life.
2: Good morning. Good morning. Um, what I wanted to share was that one of the things that I've done as far as time is I've I've contacted my parish office and asked if they could tell me of a senior citizen who's a parishioner and is in a retirement community. And so then I've gone and visited with them and over the course of time, you know, they're elderly. And I visited three who have passed away. Unfortunately, COVID came into play. And it, the, the last person I wasn't able to visit as much as I would have liked. But that's one of the things that I've done with time.
1: Rosemary, just that's wanted to share that piece of advice, Rosemary. I'm so grateful for you sharing that because that's such a beautiful way. And I, and I see the fruit of that. Uh, in in the folks that I visit, and it's one of my joys as a pastor when I'm able to make those connections. And uh, the thing I would add to that, there's actually a campaign across the country from the United States bishops to also have individuals connect at the other end of life with a, a young pregnant mom or a mom with young children who has chosen life and to accompany them. And I often tell people that you can take care of all your stewardship in one relationship often with a, with a pregnant mom because she needs your time. She could use your extra money, and whatever talents you have are going to be placed at her service because she's often disconnected from other people. So whether it's whichever part of life, you know, uh, a, a, a mom who's maybe without other resources or a senior who's at home who, who could use the visits and some other help, yeah, Well,
0: thank you, Rosemary. Thank you for the phone call. And thank you for the good example of spending this time with the senior citizens uh, it, there at your church. And I think that that might be a good, that might be a good follow up with that is um, some good advice that if people are looking for ways that they could better uh, resource or steward their resources well, maybe uh, just checking in with their pastor, Father, they, the pastor, I'm guessing has some, some ideas about how to, what might, who might be in need of their time, their talent mm-hmm. or their treasure. Yeah.
1: I, I absolutely agree, not only with, with helping the seniors and, and shut-ins, but, but also I think moms, um, pastors have a great awareness of the needs, or, or at least they can direct them maybe to someone else in the parish, some other ministry in the parish or in a local community, uh, to make those connections and really place your gifts at the service to another. Well done, Rosemary.
0: Yeah, thank you, Rosemary.
1: Appreciate that.
0: We had a call come in um, from a listener who would take who asked the question off air, but uh, this is the question. I think it's a great one, Father. As a busy mother of seven children, how do I help my kids cultivate their talents? Any suggestions there?
1: Absolutely, and and these are nothing original to me, but things that I've watched uh, in other with other people. Uh, I, I know one family who, as their kids are making their Christmas lists. And their birthday lists Uh, Uh for their christmas list they have to pick out one toy that they're going to give to the the toy drive at the at the at the church and the parents remind them of that on christmas morning that 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 they had sacrificed that one toy from their list which they gave away and they actually have the kids go to the store buy the toy and then take the toy to the to the toy drive so there's a a physical experience of that and then the other thing is they have them do something on their birthday for others so, um, you know, it might be that they're, they're you know, going to, one of their birthday gifts is they're going to take uh, food to a shelter or diapers to a pregnancy center or, or something of that nature where they take a percentage of their birthday money. Uh, we, we encourage that with our kids at First Communion Confirmation where they're often given cash or gift cards. Well, can you, can you take a percentage of that and, and, and give it away? Um, and, and I think many parents do that in wonderful ways, taking your kids to volunteer places. You know, at the end of the donut social, we have one family. They're at the end of the donut social every month and they are helping to wipe down the tables and put things away. Parents are teaching their kids that sacrifice. Mm-hmm.
0: It seems like at the root of this, Father, it's all about just helping to focus the vision not on self as much, but more on others. Yeah. That's exactly
1: right. Which is, again, it, it's that original sin is when we, is, is Adam and Eve choosing the self. And so conversion and life of grace is always going to be making the choices that allow me to overcome myself.
0: Yeah, very good. Speaking about stewarding our resources well with our spiritual director, Father Chris Walsh, if you have a question about how to steward resources well, like uh, the off-air call of Mother of Seven Children, we'd love to entertain those questions at 888 Let's go down to Maria calling in from Tempe, Arizona. Maria. Arizona Arizona is what I meant to say. Maria, welcome to The Inner Life. Thanks for coming. Colin.
2: Thank you. My question is, I help my neighbors. And I have one particular one. And she accepts my food gift, my visit gift. But she definitely needs more help. Like right now, she doesn't have a car. She was. Um, she has to walk everywhere here. It's hot will not accept the ride to take her to the store and I don't know how to bridge that gap with her Mm. and when I take her food she'll cry in gratitude yeah I I
1: think again we always want to be focused 1st of all, thank you for your generosity Um, and she's and she's certainly grateful you know we have to be cautious that um, you know we can only give what people want to receive you know, and, and I think it's something that we learn uh, over over time. We may want to give something, but if the other person's not interested in receiving it, you know, we, we can't force someone to receive, right? Uh, pride, you know, all kind of. We don't know family history or whatever. So I think you, you give her what you're able to give and what she's willing to receive. And God is pleased with your generosity in trying to offer more. But maybe today, that's not the right time right now. Mm-hmm.
0: And maybe, Maria, thank you for the phone call. And maybe one of the things that uh, pops up is, is this uh, maybe hmm, an opposition to stewarding our resources well, or at least the reception of that, is that we have these ideas in, in the Western world, maybe particularly in America, of this independence that uh, we don't want to be seen as being dependent on anyone else. That can run pretty deep in my experience, Father.
1: I agree with you, I, particularly as we get older. You know, I mean, I, um, I, I have a hard time at time asking for help. Uh, I recently had to go to the eye doctor, and, and, the, and the suggestion from the receptionist who I made the appointment with was because I was having a different type of eye test that I should have someone pick me up. And boy, I resisted that idea. I was thinking, oh, I'll just sit around and wait for an hour. I'm like, how how prideful is this? You know, and so I had had to ask a parishioner, listen, can you pick me up and and bring me home? And it was hard. It was hard, but it was a taste of what is going to be hopefully my future when I'm going to be more dependent on other people. And, And again, I think that is part of our stewardship at the end of our life that I'm sacrificing my ego and I'm willing to accept help. And I'm willing to, you know, give people a space where they can serve as well. Yeah. Yeah. So there is
0: a little bit of give and take that's required on our be- on our part as well there as we're looking to steward our resources. Well, we've got to be good re- receptors of other people's donations and sacrifices on our behalf as well in order to become good givers of our time, talent and treasure. Let's go now exactly. to Paula. Yeah, let's go to Paula, who's calling in from Illinois. Paula, thank you for calling. Welcome.
2: Hi. Um, My husband and I took in a homeless man who, um, of course, had no car, and he stayed on a couch. He was taller than the couch was long. And I took him to the agency in a nearby town to get housing and um, drove him where he needed to go to have his needs met. So that was... That was our experience.
1: Beautiful, Paula. And, and and that is certainly, you know, biblical Christianity at its at its absolute literal sense, you opened the door for for the poor, the hungry, and the homeless, as Matthew twenty five commands us. We have to be prudent, you know, and so I'm sure you and your husband were, in, in how to do that. And certainly many people in the pro life movement historically have, have taken in pregnant moms and um, and foster care, another beautiful mm-hmm. way of welcoming people into our
2: home. Well, we and, and did that so with sure a child who foster- yeah. We were fostering. He met this. He met this man, and then, um, yeah, we had him as a foster child, and then adopted him.
1: Beautiful, beautiful. And then again, I think you know, maintaining the relationship as best you're able with this gentleman uh, as as he ages and. As he goes through the social service system, to continue to be a friend would be a tremendous blessing for him. Mm-hmm. Paula, thank you for
0: the phone call, and thank you for your your sacrifice, your love, and your service of God and others that you made uh, very real, very practical, and it's changing changing people's lives. And that's what the Lord came to do is to help us along that path to to living and receiving from God well, so that we might live and share God's love with others. Talking today about spirit, sp- stewarding our resources well if you'd like to join the conversation, please do at 888-914-9149. Father, I'm always interested when it comes up, the topic of stewardship comes up in a parish for priests and pastors in parishes, how to present stewardship well, because it seems to me like there is, again, another underlying mentality or attitude that is pervasive throughout our society is the thought of especially when it comes to our treasure, I earned this. I worked hard for this, and I earned it, so I can do with it as I like. Don't tell me what to do with it. Um, What what do we do
1: to confront that? And Patrick, if you are living in the kingdom of the world, you are absolutely right. Hmm. It is yours. Do with it what you want. However, if you're going to be a disciple of Christ, you have to realize that, You know your life is not your own your time is not your own your stuff is not your own and at the end of life you're going to have to give an accounting and 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 how do you want to be found when the lord says what did you do with what i gave you right there's a a biblical story right you you know i I was afraid so i buried it right and and that person you describe is burying their talents in themselves right Mm -hmm. they're spending on themselves um rather than investing, right? Investing, sowing seeds, right? And this has to be done not just as individual Christians, uh, but as a pastor of a parish. It's something that I, I wrestle with every day. Where, where, what do we do with the resources of the parish, right? We, we, we've got a gymnasium. Can we, can we make this available to yeah. a group that maybe doesn't have access to a gym? Uh, we have classroom space that could be used at different times for other purposes. Uh, the, the money that the parish receives from, from offerings or from quests, what are we doing with that? We just can't, as, as a church, as a parish community, just grow fat and rich also, right? God's going to hold me accountable as a pastor. What did you do? Mm. What did you do with that money? Again, Mother Teresa, a tremendous example for us in this. She didn't want her sisters to store up too much food because she mm. said, you know, what, what good does it if our, if, our, if our basement is filled with canned goods? When, when there are people down the street who are hungry, right? And so the, her sisters have been very strict with that about making sure resources were giving away, while at the same time balancing things with, okay, well, I do need to save, and what's a prudent amount to save? Yeah. And so I think not only do institutions have to worry about this, but families as well. But again, that attitude of selfishness, that's the attitude of the world. Yeah. It's the attitude of the world. And I'm, I'm not willing to help other people. They should help themselves. It's, 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 a, it's a prideful uh, attitude because it doesn't realize how many people helped me to get to where I am. It's a wonderful exercise to approach in stewardship. Just think about all the people, Patrick, who have poured into your life to get you to where you are. Mm-hmm. All the teachers, all the mentors in broadcasting, all the employers who gave you opportunities. Right? You're, you're, none of us are self-made. Other people poured into us. How can we refuse that opportunity to pour into others? Yeah, well, okay.
0: That's a great point, Father. We are indeed talking about stewarding our resources well, and I am gleaning some great insight from our spiritual director, Father Chris Walsh. I hope you are too. How do we steward our resources well? We've been given time. We've been given talents. We've been given treasure, uh, material possessions. And how are we using those for the kingdom of God to draw closer to God and to sacrifice for the lives of others and become more like Christ in that way? If you have a question about a situation you're facing and wondering how to steward resources well, give us a call. Join the conversation at 888-914-9149. Or if you have an example of how you're doing it well, 888-914-9149. Our email address is at innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. Com. We're up for our next break, but we'll be back with more of the show right after this. Stay with us. Our sponsor, the University of Dallas, invites you to check out The Quest, a five-episode video series on discovering our purpose and living it with courage. Start watching The Quest for free at relevantradio.com slash quest. Welcome back to The Inner Life. You're on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to Nick Sentevich, our producer, and Thomas Engesser taking your phone calls today. You know, Relevant Radio really exists so that you can receive... That you might then turn around and give, which is what we're talking about today. And one of the ways that you can steward and sacrifice well is for the Holy Souls in Purgatory. They need our prayers because they can't pray for themselves. So pray for them with your nationwide community here at Relevant Radio. The annual Relevant Radio Holy Souls Novena is November 2nd through the 10th. And we invite you to go to RelevantRadio.com souls and submit the names of your loved ones so we can lift them up in prayer together. You'll receive reflections from Father Rocky each day of the Novena to help you enter more deeply into prayer and you can encourage your friends friends and family to do the same to add their loved ones too join us again throughout the day for the novena november 2nd through 10th and we'll be praying for those for those intentions at daily mass at the live stream divine mercy chaplet and at the family rosary across america all right here on relevant radio again go to relevantradio.com/souls our spiritual director, Father Chris Walsh, is with us as we're talking about stewarding our resources well, and some great questions from our callers. Let's uh, let's have another example calling in from Mary, who's calling in from Stockdale, Texas. Mary, welcome to the Inner Life.
2: I just wanted to say, uh, our, we had a priest a couple years back who, at one of his sermons, said uh, the only thing you can take to heaven is what you give away, and mm-hmm. so that stuck with me, and I thought that would be something to share. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much. I have heard that line, and it has always hit my heart as well. Um, and the vision that some of the saints have had, including someone like St. Martin of Tours, who as a soldier you know, came across a beggar who was cold on the side of the road, and Martin took off his beautiful red cape that the Roman soldiers wore, and he cut it in half. Right. So he gave a percentage of it, not, not the whole thing, because he needed part of it himself, but he gave half it to the beggar. The poor man. And that night, you know, Jesus appeared in the dream holding the beggar, and the beggar was cloaked in, in the garment that, that Martin had given. And it led to Martin's great conversion experience. And other saints have had that image as well. What we give away is 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 what we take to heaven and, and it's a beautiful treasure to keep in mind as a disciple. Mm.
0: Yeah. Excellent idea to keep that in mind. The only thing you take to heaven is what you give away. And uh, a great uh, story from the life of St. Martin as well. Well, Father, um, one of the things that I also wanted to talk about was, I know you. we've run up against this, another attitude that's fairly pervasive in our Western and our American society is, I just don't have enough. I don't have enough that I can go giving stuff away. So that could be uh, financially, you know, I'm strapped, everything's, it's kind of hand to mouth, anything that I have is uh, spoken for already. Oftentimes too, I think maybe even more prevalent in some circumstances anyway, is that of time. I am just swamped with things to do, whether it's, you know, taking care of the kids, looking after uh, the household, or if it's something job related, I just don't have a spare minute in the day to myself, much less being able to give it away. What would be our our way of moving forward in those types of situations?
1: Yeah. And and I've heard folks make those comments and Patrick, what I would say is we can all do something, Hmm. right? You, You can move the dial a little bit. And so why I don't have any money to give. Okay. I get it. Right. Maybe it's a, a a large family with one income and money is, is really, really tight. But you know, in Philadelphia we have something called caring for friends where you you take a portion of your food, you know, from your dinner and you put it in a container that's frozen. And then those meals go to the the elderly shut-ins who live alone. I know those kind of programs exist across the country, or maybe you could just do it for some neighbor and drop off the food, right? So there's, there's a way to give, at least something, uh, with your time. Well, you know what? Um, your kids are, your kids are going to sports. Could you volunteer to be the helper coach on occasion? You know, could could you be the the the, the person who stands there as the kids get off the bus at the school where they need you? Or hopefully you're going to mass on Sunday. Could you be there ten minutes early and help? give out the books or 10 minutes later and straighten up the pews, like start somewhere. And what I often tell people, and this was again from mother Teresa, uh, come meet the poor. You don't, you think you don't have enough. Come spend some time with the poor. Uh, Come, you know, go to the part of town that you try to avoid, go to a nursing home that only takes people who whatever social security pays or the welfare department pays, that's what they get you think you don't have enough go see how other people live yeah. and let that con- let that convict you right because if you've got you know three or four pairs of shoes and if you've got a closet full of clothes and you've got food in your cabinet you've got more than most of the world hmm. right we're so blessed in america we're so so blessed yeah. Uh, and so sometimes it does take a little bit of an attitude adjustment. If you're spending all your time watching the Kardashians and and reality shows based on people on cruises and vacations, you're right. You don't you don't have that. I've never been on a yacht either. Um, but that's not who we're comparing ourselves to. What who do I want to be when I stand before Jesus at the end of my life? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And where
0: does where does prudence enter into this, Father? Because um, it can be that you get to the point where you're giving so much away, whether that's time or treasure or even talent, yeah. that you're that you're investing this so much that uh, yeah, maybe some of your obligations in life start to slide if you're not if you're not wow. really providing for your family. I mean, how, prudence has to factor into this somehow, right?
1: Yeah, I, I lived with a pastor once who used to have an expression, he said, never be one who creates church widows. And what mm-hmm. he meant was, you know, there, there were people involved in the parish who were involved in everything, except with their spouse and their kids. Um, and, and, and yeah, why, again, it always comes back to why am I volunteering? If I'm doing this to avoid things, if I'm doing it out of my own ego, I want recognition. Of course, Patrick, that's going to lead to problems. Um, and, and so I think we have to have a conversation with our spouse, with our family. We have to be listening to them. Um, I often think that you know that the ten percent rule um, is, is really a very worthwhile uh, thing to keep in mind, right? Because it also guards us sort of on on the other side of life. So if I'm if I'm giving away ten percent of my money, you know, I'm I'm, I'm not going to be you know you know really kind of crazy um, in, in, in causing debt right? Um, because it's, it's 10%. Well, I still got 90%, right? Um, I have 168 hours in the week. So if I use that principle of, uh, you know, if I, if I take away the time that I'm sleeping, that kind of stuff, I used to challenge people, you know, could they volunteer two hours a week, I thought was an exceptionally generous time. Mm-hmm. Um, going beyond that for many people is going to be excessive, and it's going to cause their, their, their primary obligations to be um, hurt. But, but again, set a standard. agree with that with your spouse. Um, and and then move forward. Prudence yeah. is always going to be important. yeah, absolutely. and you you mentioned
0: sh- spending time with the poor and recognizing how much we have, and that is that is certainly um, when I've been in those types of situations, it certainly made an impact on my own life and ha- caused me to reconsider some of my own usage of my own resources. But when it comes to sharing our talents as well, you mentioned before discerning your talents and, and uh, there is a way in which we can give uh, that <clears throat> when it comes to talents anyway, might actually uh, be something we come to enjoy. I mean, we always look at these sacrifices as something that's going to be painful and it's going to be drudgery or it's going to be hard, but actually sacrifice can be very, very life-giving and we can find joy in that Father.
1: Exactly. And I think that, you know, that uh, Sherry Waddell and, and gift-based discernment, once I figure out what my talent is, that, you know, I have a, a charism for hospitality, I have a charism for teaching, I have a charism for, you know, outreach. Yeah, then it's going to work. It, you know, if, uh, I, I don't know that I would, you know, be particularly good at, you know, high administrative skills. It's just not my, my skill set. I do it because I have to as a pastor. But it, it's draining to me. But for someone else, boy, that's going to be life giving. Um, mm-hmm. But but put me behind the, the table, giving out donuts uh, and 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 having conversation with people. I love it. It doesn't feel like an hour and a half or two hours, right? And so I agree with you. Figure out what your talent is, your charisma, the gift that God gave you, that He gave to be shared with others.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's an important it's an important thing to do. And uh, as I have as uh, I as I've done that in my own life, I've certainly seen how. Yeah, I look forward to doing the things that are might otherwise seem a sacrifice, and it's not like I'm not sacrificing. I'm not investing my time, my talent, my treasure in these particular things, but it is. It is so life giving. So it's a it's a great uh, it's a great thing to do and to look to as well. Okay, so going back to kind of where we began, Father, and looking at the lives of those who give most. Prominently, of course, our Lord and our Lady. But uh, any other thoughts of saints that we could hold up as really helpful in understanding what it means to live a life of self gift?
1: Well, I mean, Mary's always the model, right? Um, mm-hmm. she, she placed herself entirely at the service of the Lord, you know, and, and those words, let it be done to me as you will. And would it be that we all said that, you know, mm-hmm. to God? God, let it be done to me as you will. Use me in the way that you desire. So whether Mary's availability was to Elizabeth and serving her and Zechariah as they welcomed John the Baptist, or her availability to Jesus and to Joseph, or later her availability to the apostles, right? Notice Mary didn't get stuck in one thing. She transitioned based on what the needs that were around her, and she made herself available, and she just continued to sing the praises of God. I think each of us, we have to look at that in, our, in the life of our own patron saints or saints that we're drawn to, uh, to find those examples. But it's always going to be overcoming the self and doing something, doing something. St. Ignatius, uh, one of his mottos in life was magis, Latin for more, right? So how, how, can I, how can I give more time? How can I give more of my talent? How can I give more of myself? Because that's what Jesus did
0: yeah right? and well i'm we to
1: start we start where we are and we go
0: i'm glad that you brought that up father because i'm um, coinciding with the gospel reading for today actually much will be required of the person entrusted with much and still more will be demanded of the person entrusted with more and it seems to me that there is this this concept that as as we give of our time of our talent of our treasure. <laughs> that the Lord actually does multiply those things. I mean, we become more efficient with our time. We become, uh, maybe there are more resources that are given to us that we might then steward and shepherd those things well uh, also. And with our talents, that as we grow and discern and then develop the talents, the gifts that we've been given, that we find that they're even more effective. Would you say that's true?
1: I I I can I, I look back on my years in the seminary, Now I had gone from full-time work to having no income at all, and I was very worried. And, and a fellow seminarian told me that, well, whatever money you do get from people, gifts from the Knights of Columbus, gifts from a priest, make sure you give away 10%. I thought, 10%, I can't give. If someone gives me 20 bucks, I can't, I can't afford to give up the two bucks. I need the 20 bucks for gas and for pizza or whatever. Uh, <laughs> but I did it. And it was amazing that it felt like every time I gave money away, more came. And that's my experience at this parish and the last parish where I was with our social ministry fund. The more we gave money away, the more money came in, and the same when I make a commitment to prayer. I I could be busy from the time I wake up to the time I go to bed like you, but I know that when I set the priority that I'm going to spend time in prayer and spiritual reading, making my communion calls to the homebound, all of a sudden stuff gets done. God takes care of it. When we give him the first, he takes care of the rest.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's an amazing concept and one that uh, I have I I want to enter into more deeply. I've seen I've seen that in my life, but I man, I want to enter into that deep, more deeply. Well, our spiritual director today has been Father Chris Walsh. We've been talking about stewarding our resources. Well, lots of great stuff to chew on, Father, and we're grateful for that. But as always, in all these things, um, just using our own will on an, in and of itself may get us a little ways down the track, but we're going to need to rely on that nature perfecting grace that uh, the Lord offers us. So as we close the show, may we have your blessing please father
1: in a session of Mary and all the saints may almighty God make us good stewards of all the gifts he has given us the father the son and the holy spirit amen
0: amen well again if there are if there are things that you would like to learn more about maybe reflect more upon here on stewarding your resources then head on over to relevant innerlife slash inner life give the show another listen maybe share it out with those who might need some a little encouragement along the way in their day as well Coming up next, we've got the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass with our celebrant Father Rich Getchell. And then after that, a little faith explained with Kale Clark, so stick around for that. Tomorrow on the program, we're talking about responding well to anger with our spiritual director, Father Ethan Southard. That's coming up tomorrow on the program. Thanks for listening this time. It's great to have been with you. Until the next time, grace and peace.